0: Purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website
1: for details. Welcome to Buckeyes Tomorrow Morning for Saturday, October 29th. I'm your host, Tom Moore. The Penn State game is today, the game against Michigan in 28 days. As you can see if you're watching on YouTube, and you'll just have to trust us if you are listening on a podcast platform, Tony Gerbman and I are sitting on a small fold-out couch in a hotel room that can only mean one thing, Tony. I wasn't even going to say who was going to have to sleep on the cot tonight. Everyone knows who has to sleep on this tonight, and it's not me. Tony Gerderman, thanks for being here. We are on the road for a Penn State-Ohio State game. I know I'm looking forward to a good night of sleep tonight. Uh, I know not everyone is as lucky as that, but uh, we both can look forward to a great football game
2: on Saturday. you looking forward to that? Tom, I know if you're looking forward to me continuing this episode, (laughs) you're going to get on with it. (laughs) Yes, I'm looking forward to Penn State. All right, so
1: we will get on with the episode. What we're going to talk about today is the four things that will decide the Ohio State Penn State game. And we've got a couple things on, you know, for both teams and mm-hmm. some more firm, you know, you know, direct on the field things and more sort of soft, soft uh, focus kind of things. Let's start with number one. How well can Ohio State run the ball? Because Michigan ran it real well against Penn State, and Ohio State didn't run it at all against Iowa last week. That feels to me like the number one thing that if you tell me how this goes, that's going to tell me a lot about how the game goes.
2: Yeah, I'm completely with you because going into the Iowa game, we thought this team could run when they needed to, when they wanted to. We found out that wasn't the case. And so now you come into this game thinking, uh, now I don't know. Now, Now it's a question mark. Now it is an issue. Or it's a question mark. Maybe it becomes an issue in this game because we've seen, well, you know, Iowa stopped them. So, yeah, if it's another 67 yards or whatever, I think the the outcome is, I think it's up in the air at that point. While I still think Ohio State is going to be able to score throwing the ball, if they can't run it, that's going to put a lot of pressure on every other thing we're going to talk about here.
1: Yeah, and it does feel like, if they can run the ball, I mean Penn State's rush defense is not particularly good. Their pass defense is pretty darn good. They've got a couple good corners. They got a good safety, and J.R. Brown. Not not the Ohio State J.R. Brown. He's not there's no, he's not a double agent. There's a different J.R. Brown playing in the secondary for Penn State on Saturday. But yeah, that it feels like if they can run the ball, that's gonna open things up in the passing game as well. And that that kind of gives you the whole thing. And if you can't run the ball. You know, number one, that's going to raise some concerns about the Ohio State offense line. It's going to raise some concerns about the Ohio State running backs. But it also means you're putting, like you said, a ton of pressure on that pass game in a spot where this is going to be a, you know, last week was a challenge against the Iowa pass defense. This week is kind of a little bit of a different challenge against the Penn State pass defense.
2: Yeah, and you throw that pass defense in there, which is a talented unit in and of itself, that, that makes throwing the ball even more difficult, whether or not you can run or not. And so with that secondary that can make up for mistakes, like they may get beaten at the line of scrimmage, but they can catch up. And when you talk to Ohio State and how do you beat the secondary, a lot of the guys say it starts at the line of scrimmage. That starts with the pass blocking. That starts with getting off of the, of, of the coverage, of the main coverage, or whatever they're seeing. And so, yeah, it, but it all goes back to the running game. If that is there, then the play action is open. And then you know, you've got safety sneaking up when they shouldn't, and you need that extra line of defense against these receivers. And, and yet the passing game could be so good for Ohio State. As we've seen, it's good enough to beat a team when they aren't running the ball. But that's an Iowa team that isn't providing an offensive counter. So I think you can't just, well, they weren't able to run it last week. If they can't run it again this week, they'll figure it out there's more to the equation this week
1: yeah and that's that's going to be uh you know i think the the storyline to watch when ohio state has the ball when penn state has the ball i I look at their offensive line and i look at their running backs who have kind of been you know they've hit it feels like they'll hit a 60 yarder and then there's they're averaging two or three yards of carry outside of that one big 60 yarder and you know you look at sean clifford are they going to be able to be methodical and march the ball down the field on ohio state and put together a bunch of 12 play drives i kind of feel like they're not so to me, when Penn State has the ball, the biggest thing that determines how this game goes is, you know, how many big plays does Penn State get? Because you're going to get some, and Jim Knowles, you know, acknowledges you're going to give up some. How many did they get? And perhaps more importantly, when you get the 60-yard run, does that end with, him, you know, the guy handing the ball to the official in the end zone, or does that end with and now you get a score in the red zone, and oops, you didn't, and then you're kicking a field goal, and then how much good does that really do
2: you? Yeah, like a 62-yard run that leads to three points isn't all that. Mm -hmm. uh, So, yeah, uh, as you said, those big plays are are baked in, you know, like, what, five per game he said that they can get away with, although with this offense he said that, you know, you can make it seven or eight with the Ohio State offense. But I still think on the road you might want to dial that back. Uh, And and with these guys, you you don't see a lot of – like, the 50-50 stuff, it's just it's it's a catch and then you're down. So I think there's some um, added benefit, not added benefit, but a benefit to Ohio State in that. And That's part of Penn State's game, but it's station to station a little bit. Like, Michigan has been in years previous when you just throw it up, and it's like there's your 40-yard game, but now you still have 30 yards to go. And if that's the case with this offense, then I think that leads to more field goals than touchdowns, ultimately the big plays. Mm-hmm. Now in the running game, Nick Singleton can he go the entire distance? This is an Ohio State defense that has given up three carries of 20 yards mm-hmm. or more this season, and one of 30. That was to Braylon Allen, the Wisconsin running back, at the end of a game, mm-hmm. the fourth quarter that no longer mattered. So they don't give up big plays. They they tackle well. Sorry, I mean, Eckenberg, obviously the middle linebacker there. The safeties come up in support. Like for me, that that's why Leighton Ransom is a legit semifinalist for the Thorpe Award. It's not because of the pass defense as much as it is just everywhere you need him he is and so yeah they don't give up big plays and if they do in this game you know if i say over under three and a half plays of 20 yards or more i mean is there um do you feel okay taking the under on that
1: I, i i mean plays at 20 yards or more I I don't even if you go over that I don't know if if they have four plays 20 yards more I don't know that I view that as something that's going to make a material difference it's to me it's it's the 40 yard plays Mm -hmm. like you you want to give up five six 20 yard plays that's fine if you're not giving up three 40 yard plays
2: I still think Ohio State's in decent
0: with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere
2: dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry
0: Like, are you a fist-pumper, a woo a hand-clapper, a high-fiver? I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Avoid prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: ...shape. And, you know, that flows into the next one, which is just avoid... The big mistake and you know I'm sure when I say that about a game coming you know heading into a game in Happy Valley everyone's going he's talking about 2016 and listen I would never put that out in the universe because I don't want to upset the audience but uh, I mean you guys said it not me so here, all right fine we'll talk about 2016 if we have to that was a game that Ohio State kind of controlled they had a nice big lead and then you just you had the block punt you had the block field goal return for a touchdown and you, you know if you were in a close game you have that one play, and I don't know that Penn State can beat Ohio State in a fair fight where they're both—you know—it's just the offense is going okay. and the defense is going. But you know, if if uh, you know the referee has his back and someone hands, hands Penn State a folding chair, that's where things go bad for Ohio State.
2: Well, I think it was Ryan Day said this earlier in the week that uh, he likes that the team has handled adversity well, and I'm. You know, the adversity against Iowa, they handled it handled it well. Well, it's easy to to handle that kind of adversity when there isn't really a punishment if you struggle. There's not as much pressure with that. There's more pressure here, being on the road, being uh, uh, defending an offense that can do something. There are repercussions for screwing up, and the re- repercussions for screwing up against Iowa is if you do it on first down, you screw up, then it's still second and ten. You know, you screw up on first down against Penn State and it might be a touchdown. There's just more danger to it. There's not, it's not, it's still a level of danger, though. It's not like a a way high. There's still some questions about this Penn State offense overall, but they can still hurt you. And that's the difference between last week's adversity and any kind of adversity this week.
1: Yeah, last week felt like a game where Ohio State, there was really no plausible way Ohio State was going to be in danger if they scored more than 20 points. This week that number's higher, that might number's probably in the low to mid-30s probably, where I think we both picked Penn State to score 17 points. And then it's like, okay, you throw them a defensive touchdown, now they're at 24, and then you throw them another turnover that gets them a field goal, and now you're at 27. You know, if they're at 31, 34, 35, somewhere in that range, you're probably more or less safe, that's kind of where they need to get and getting there just involves coming out and just consistently executing. And that brings me to the last one, which is this is the first really hostile atmosphere they're gonna face since probably the Michigan game last year. Uh, Michigan State was just kind of like, the the Michigan State crowd was not really into it. They had the one pick six and they got loud for, you know, 25 seconds after the pick six and that was kind of it. And this is going to be, this is not going to be a whiteout kind of Mm -hmm. crowd, but this is going to be a lively crowd you know, Ohio State can get loud. Ohio State can get loud for a noon kickoff against a big opponent. We've seen that in the past. I figure that's probably more or less what they're getting into. So, you know, how does this team? This is a team that's relatively young. Last year, outside of Michigan, they went to what? Minnesota, Indiana, Rutgers, and Nebraska as true road games. And you know, Nebraska can can get somewhat loud. And Minnesota was pretty. You know, they were pretty excited for that first game, but none of those are. You know. Mm beaver stadium level threats and and so they didn't play in front of anyone in 2020 so this is going to be outside of the Michigan game like really the second like truly true hostile road atmosphere the vast majority of this team is going to be have faced and you just wonder how are they going to respond to that
2: yeah it's a question mark and until you know the answer it's going to remain a question and i think we talked about it earlier in the week where if the players are have some like well at least it's not a, a whiteout you know so it'll be easier like if they have a letdown of their expectations for how things are going to be they're going to have to ramp those things back up and i don't know that that's a flip that you can switch so i think the coaches will have them well prepared for this is going to be the craziest game you've been in and now now that the players are expecting a crazy game they'll have some expectations but you still have to be able to execute because a crowd can make it very difficult for a, an offense to execute can make it difficult for a defense to execute at times as well. But this is, you know, how do they handle it? How do these leaders that are now in their second year of starting? Last year was their first year for so many guys on defense specifically. But this is their second year for a lot of guys, so they have some experience and they have I think enough to draw on and to go back to. But this will be a step up for them and They're all talking about how they they look forward to it. They like being the the enemy. I remember Luke Whippler talking a few weeks back before the Michigan State game about he likes to go into places and be the villain. And so they've got that mentality as well. And there are a few better places to be a villain than in Penn State.
1: Yeah, and it should be a really fun atmosphere, not a whiteout, but we we have been here for Halloween. It feels like we've been here for Halloween weekend a lot over the years and you know you get the stu- even if it's not a whiteout you got the students in the costumes and it's a you know it's just kind of a fun and you know this is this is the biggest game of the year for them here you know i know it was the whiteout last week but this is the biggest game of the year for them here always a fun atmosphere Usually a pretty good football game. We don't You don't see a ton of blowouts in this stadium uh, when uh, Ohio State comes to town, so it should be a pretty fun game. We are going to have complete coverage pre- and post-game uh, from right here in lovely central Pennsylvania. We'll have uh, our pre-game show will uh, start at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning, and then we will have after the game our usual full dose of post-game coverage starting as soon as that clock hits zero. Uh, we'll have uh, Mark Givler, Devin Radcliffe, kind of giving you some instant analysis, instant breakdown of what they saw, what they heard, what they learned. And then we'll have the uh, post-game interviews with Ohio State players and coaches. Try and uh, get you some James Franklin as well. Get you, get you some uh, Penn State perspective as well. I know that has been kind of a, a big popular feature uh, for us this fall. And then uh, Tony and I will be, of course, along with Kevin. There, right after uh, after those interviews, we'll cut. We'll be back uh, a little bit, a few, little bit after that, and give you uh, the Buckeye Weekly Instant Reaction episode of uh, the Buckeye Weekly Podcast. Always uh, one of the most popular episodes of the uh, week, and always one of the biggest games of the year. So it should be a good one. Getting nervous?
2: No, I'm. I won't be playing, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I'm okay. I think I, I think I'm going to be able to handle this. Well, one.
1: you have to do the podcast. I mean, are you nervous for the podcast?
2: Oh yeah, that's going to be a big I one. Um, Got to carry. Got to carry things. I have to carry that show to you, to you there, and um, it can be trying. You're right. That's a good point. Thank for bringing that up.
1: You're very welcome. It is. Uh, it will be a very fun, a fun day full of great content at YouTube.com/slash/BuckeyeHuddle. And of course, make sure you t- sign up at BuckeyeHuddle.com as well. We are now less than a month of the Michigan game set. Up, set off the top of the show, 28 days away. So sign up today, and you get the and State game. Plus, you just try it for a month, and that first month will also include the Michigan game. It is, I mean, it seems like it's going to be the most interesting month of the year for Ohio State so far, so it seems like that means it will be a great month to be a part of BuckeyeHuddle.com as well. Sign up today. Really, it's like less than 50 cents a day, and you get a fantastic team of insiders covering recruiting, covering X's and O's, covering the team. Fantastic community. Great game threads. You want, you want Buckeye fans to talk to during the game, they are right there, and... Uh, Always, always a lot to talk about there on the huddle board at BuckeyeHuddle.com. That'll do it for today. Thank you guys all for joining us. Have a great day. Enjoy the game. We will see you just a little later on.